Welcome to WrestleBuddies Game Spots Wrestling Podcast filled with wrestling, friendship, and wrestling with friendship. I am your host, Matt Elfring, and with me as always is our closest wrestle buddy and Dark Order member, Chris Hainer. Chris, how are you doing? Join the Dark Order, Matt. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, it's, it's Spoilers, everybody. We just recorded our Fastlane predictions, which you can listen to now in our podcast feed. Uh, my mouth is dry. <laughs> right? I'm out of... My coffee cup is almost empty. We're getting there. Uh, but no, it's Monday. It's a good. It's a good week. Uh, Matt, I, uh, I may or may not be able to get the COVID vaccine this week. Oh, I hate you! I tried to book an appointment <laughs> it, for two months. Every single location they are booked out. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, I have to drive uh, to like far, far away from my home to oh, get it this weekend. It's there's great. nowhere for me. Well, I don't, I mean, come to California, I guess. I don't know what to Come to you, California, I'm, just, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> That's, he's not our governor anymore. Ah! Those were weird times. Uh, no, but I'm good. It's It was a long weekend. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening in the entertainment landscape. Uh, yeah. If you're listening to this on the day it drops, happy, uh, terrible Zack Snyder movie day. We all win, except that we all lose. I haven't seen it, but I can't imagine anything less fun than watching a four hour Justice League movie where everything's in slow motion. Not only slow motion, but also in the same aspect ratio as television in 1968. Come on. 1987 works. 92, maybe you could say. Nope. 1968. Obviously, Chris has seen the Snyder Cut. In fact, everyone on our team, on the entertainment team, except has seen you, it except me. Matt, but you're also, a busy boy all the time. You don't have time for screeners. You're too busy, like, writing about, like, when Rick and Morty premieres or whatever. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> I, I do get to watch screeners quite often, actually. It's just stuff I never get to write about. Yeah. And also, I just never tell anybody. I'm just like, oh, I got sent a screener from FX on this documentary about women in comedy like let's I mean, you watch tell this. me you do you tell me about it i tell you and i usually enjoy a lot of what i watch i just don't you know don't get to write about because that's not my job i'm a newsboy i mean i'm sorry about your life actually i like my life okay well then okay you get to do this show you get to do the show and you didn't have to watch the snyder cut you're winning i didn't have to watch the snyder cut and I, my job is part of my job is recording and editing this show what a life that's pretty good that's anyway, cool. Chris, we have a we have a couple of fine dining selections for you uh, mm. this week. I I really hope you guys are hungry because we're we're serving up some ample servings. Tell them tell them what we got on the menu. This food this food metaphor thing you're doing week after week keeps getting more detailed and weirder <laughs> and weirder. No uh, one can tell me no. In a little bit, we're going to be talking about uh, the esteemed gangster rap career of one macho man randy savage he released one rap album called be a man uh which is also the title of his whole Hogan diss track that we're going to talk about in depth uh but that's not the only macho man song we're going to dig into uh but before all that before we get before we get to how hulk hogan is a coward we're gonna we're gonna talk about matt it was not too long ago when we looked back on the beginnings, the origin mm-hmm. story, if you will, of the New Day in WWE. We talked we talked about sort of the formation of that group, their early matches and whatnot. But today we're shifting focus to the origin story of someone completely different. We are going to talk about the very beginning of Mankind, the, uh, the uh, alter ego of Mick Foley. 
Chris, as you remember, I came up for the idea of this uh, this segment in the shower, uh, which was like first origin reactions or something. We talked I, about the we I talked about it in the new I day. I don't episode. remember that. We talked about it on the new day episode that I came up for this segment oh, that's in the right. shower. I thought you meant you you thought about doing mankind in the shower. This where I was like, I thought about I doing mankind in the shower. Well, you listen. All right, calm down, tough guy. It's snowing here, and there are plow trucks going by. Yesterday, this weekend, guys. 70 degrees out like 65 like really nice walking weather went, went for a walk with my son oh cool it's super cold here and been oh, raining all day we have like two inches of snow now oh fun illinois baby let's talk about a brief mm. history of of mankind because we're talking about mankind's first match before we get into this let me just let's set the groundwork now uh, foley was in wcw as cactus jack bang wait, bang wait, you're, you're 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 matt yeah Michael Foley was born in New York state. No, not that far back. <laughs> the son of like, I don't know, Jack Foley or something. I don't really know their, his parents' names. And Doreen. Oh, what if it's Doreen? Once upon a time, he jumped he, off the roof of a house. He pretended to be dude love. The ladies love dude love. Anyway, so WCW was doing a promotional show with ECW. And during this time to appeal to the hardcore fans that like hardcore things, Mm -hmm. Mick Foley, who was the current WCW tag team champion, spit on the belt and people uh, over WCW weren't happy about that, Chris. They didn't like it. From what I understand, from what I remember, what I recall, uh, he went to WCW as sort of a settlement for a lawsuit, maybe or something to that effect. Something it was like, like that. it was some weird it was re- some weird like back backstage wrestling shenanigans. And yeah, he spat on the belt. Uh he has since sort of explained why he did it. He like the promo is essentially him talking about how important being a WCW tag team champion is to him, but it's not as important to him as his pride, which he feels was taken away by whoever he was feuding with. So he spat on the belt. He's like, now I'm coming to get you brother or whatever. And WCW is very upset about that. I think, I think if I'm remembering correctly, correctly, Ric Flair was very upset about that, which makes sense to be fair, man, don't spit on the title belt. No, don't do that. Don't throw it in the trash. Medusa. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. snap. Oh, snap. Matt, coming for you, coming in hot for Alundra Blaze. <laughs> uh, so Foley left WCW right after that, went back to ECW. He was in uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling and then IWA in Japan. Now, if you remember seeing videotapes of like Mick Foley doing the craziest stuff in the world, uh, exploding everything with Terry Funk, that probably came from an IWA match. That's where he did all the deathmatch stuff. And I believe he lost his ear in Germany. That was in Germany against Vader at a big van. Vader Was was that a WWF show? No, 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 no. no, It's Cactus Jack. I honestly don't remember. I just remember. I remember. Yeah, I don't remember what company he was with at that time. So Jim Ross, who was at WWF at that time as a commentator, uh, persuaded Mick Foley to come over to WWF. And this is 1996. We're talking. Um, Now, Vince McMahon was not a fan of the Cactus Jack character. And what he wanted to do was cover up Foley's face. Mm. Uh, he wanted to put him in a leather mask. Can't believe they do that to Mrs. Foley's baby boy. They want to give him, they want to give him some metal chains to carry on. They want to make him a beefy, sweaty boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's him and Jim, the future Quinn or whatever. <laughs> the beef boys. Uh, and this is where Mason, the mutilator, 
that that whole ordeal happened. I, if you have any sort of wrestling history, you you've heard this story a million times. I'm not going to get into the Mason the, the Mason the Mutilator thing. If you have not watched wrestling, it, it's a, just a bad gimmick. Uh, so Foley kind of came up with the idea of mankind or the character of mankind, a little bit of a evolution of Mason the Mutilator, and the rest is history. Now, yeah. Chris, let's talk about that first match. Well, first it starts off clear. Obviously, I'm assuming with na na na. No, 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 it doesn't. This Uh, is creepy mankind. Yeah. When mankind first appeared in WWF, he didn't wear the shirt and tie. He didn't have like the, the car crash theme song. He didn't pull a sock out of his pants. None of that. He had the mask and then he wore like the brown, the brown like jumpsuit or whatever that had the onk on it. And it was like, it, 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 it fit very much in line with what he would ultimately end up doing, which is becoming a part of uh, just like a long feud with the undertaker slash Paul bearer slash Kane slash everything dark and demonic. So when he walks to the ring, he's still kind of walking to the ring. He has like a, a very cactus Jack walk. Like there's a lot of that characters there. I noticed that he even does that as he's kind of walking hunched over. He does that quick look to the side. Yeah. That's very, very cactus Jack. He's still like, he's still, he's finding the footing of how mankind is different from his other characters, but like he finds it. Cactus Jack, that character in itself was already deranged and already a little out of his mind, quote unquote. Um, So this is just fully taking that character to a completely new level Mm -hmm. uh, to a disturbing level. I would actually say even for that time. So this is the April 1st, uh, 1996 episode of Raw. He has a, a bald spot on his hair because he pulls his hair out, uh, which I thought during the time, like he actually did that. Like, and then you real- realize he's just shaving pieces of it and letting the mask hold it down. Then he can grab it out. Yeah. Which is like, so smart. I mean, I'm, I was like, what, 14 when this was happening. So I was just like wrestling. I wasn't really thinking about it, but I was like, man, he pulls his own hair out. Crazy. That and then when hurt you, so bad. And then when you watch it back, it's like, oh, no, it's already been shaved there. Like, yeah, he just holds it down with the mask. Like, yeah. Also, it's, it's honestly, it's, gen- it's kind of genius. It is. Except for the part where now you have bald spots shaved all over your head. Um, oh, Mrs. Foley's baby boy. Uh, so he is taking on Bob Sparkplug Holly. Oh, yeah. And in parentheses, I wrote, do you? <laughs> How do you like me now? um and this is where we really get uh, an idea of who mankind is he again he pulls his hair out he talks to himself all the time his moves are there's Wait, a there's a Matt, violence sorry go ahead before you get too deep i just want to point out it's a note i made that i just i need to mention bob holly with long brown hair is so off-putting to me it's i find it to be disturbing <laughs> i don't get it i it's because like the the hardcore holly character is so ingrained into my mind that like if he doesn't have a short bleach blonde buzz cut like what's going on it looks it's it's i find it scary at the same time i'm normal with it because i had to watch all of wwe in 1995 so i'm already very used to this i know i didn't do that and i feel better for it you are well, they say his moves like there's a level of violence to his moves in the ring, a, a level of uh, chaos to what he's doing in the ring. I think as a performer, when it just comes to his move set, like you really get a great idea of who mankind is mm-hmm. up to his finisher, which is just I stick two fingers down your throat and you spit a lot. 
Yeah, that, that dude, the mandible claw. And obviously the fiend uses that as a finisher now, uh, mm-hmm. which is very, very smart. The mandible claw is a vicious looking maneuver. Like it looks it's like gross. it sucks. And the thing that he does, I love this. He squeals like a pig while he's yeah. applying it, like deliverance style, which is so demented. Like if you haven't seen deliverance, don't don't (laughs) (laughs) you are you are and not because it's a bad movie because like it is a demented film it's a haunting movie it is so haunting and that scene of the pig squealing it's we won't i don't want to get into it here because it's like it's very it's it's creepy as hell this isn't an after dark episode no um but like it hearing Foley squealing like a pig as he applies the mandible claw to his opponent who can't breathe because there's fingers shoved down his throat. Like it's just, it's, it's a scary moment. It's a creepy, mm-hmm. scary moment. And and the match between them doesn't last very long. Mankind mm-hmm. just kind of destroys Holly. And when, what I love about mankind, the, the like this first run of mankind um, is when he wins, there's the most like serene, calming piano music playing Mm -hmm. and it is just so bizarre to see like him on the ground like doing crazy eyes and like almost licking his fingers and like just being weird with this just like like it's just bizarre man and when he loses he gets a different exit song which is not a serene piano tune uh it's something i wish that was done more often i love the idea that you have that like the outcome of the match determines mm. how you leave the building. Yeah. Like, of course he's leaving on a serene, happy celebratory note after he wins. Of course he is. So that was his first match, but it doesn't end there for his appearance on that April 1st show. Um, the main event of raw that evening is a Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Oh, jibble. <laughs> or jibble eventually he'd be known to the the accolade jibble justin hawk bradshaw layfield.com <laughs> wall street superpower texan cowboy hat limousine with bullhorns he'll be taking he's taking on the undertaker during this uh main event mankind comes out and just beats up the undertaker like there's it doesn't like i i i'll be honest i skipped through most of the episode of rocks i'm like Let's just see what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I, there, maybe there was something between Mankind and Undertaker I missed. I don't think there was. Most importantly, during this, uh, Mankind beating up Undertaker outside of the ring is we get that Cactus Jack elbow drop from the apron, Ooh. which I so love. And like, it's so uh, it looks jarring like it to hurts. see. Hurts. Yeah, it looks like it hurts. But also during this time, like you don't see things like that happen in mm-hmm. wrestling. Well, this even more so you don't see someone with of someone of like, it's not un it's not necessarily uncommon to see a high flyer do like a move off the apron or off the apron. it's not nearly as common as it is now, but yeah. like to see someone of mankind's size, like a heavyweight do it, and you realize the force it is being driven down onto the Undertaker, like, ooh, it's it hurts. I mean, Mick Foley led to, you know, people like Big E doing a suicide dive as part of his regular move set. Yeah. Mankind walked so Big E could fly. <laughs> fly, Big E, fly. Oh, boy. Um, we, we, we get the mandible claw again. 
Um, and then mankind eventually leaves if the refs make him leave, but then comes right back and then attacks him again. Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. it is total chaos. It is deranged. It is for a, a character's first match. Like the, the reaction on the crowd is exact. Number one, it's exactly the reaction you want from the crowd, but it's the most well-defined character just within a first match. Well, and that character is chaos. He's an agent mm-hmm. of chaos. And like, I think it set the table really well for like what Mick Foley became to the company, became in the company. Uh, but and but that's between all of his characters. Like he went like the original version of Mankind is so far removed from what Mankind eventually became. Mm-hmm. But like not in a bad way. Neither of them are like there's not a weaker version they're just completely they're completely different sides of that same character and that character is just one side of Mick Foley who has several characters to him like when 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 mankind went from being this sort of the dark demonic sort of figure that like worshiped the urn alongside Paul Bearer to becoming like the the corporate mankind that wore a shirt and tie with sweats and told people to have a nice day and like but and he would do these things while still being vicious in the ring like it's the we like we in the past we've given chris jericho a lot of credit for evolving for evolving his wrestling character over the years um i think just as much credit if not more for character evolution has to go to Mick Foley for the way he's evolved Mick Foley uh, through the various incarnations of mankind, through the various incarnations of Cactus Jack and even dude love. Like it's really easy to make fun of dude. Love as sort of a silly gimmick that didn't last dude, very I long, but like dude it love. served its purpose. It did what it needed to do. And it, it was very different from all the other versions of Foley. What I will say about comparing Foley to Jericho is Jericho evolved to heighten himself, to heighten his character for the audience. I feel like Foley evolved to heighten a storyline. To Foley's evolutions were more of a team player thing rather than self-serving. And that's no that's no knock to Chris Jericho, but Foley's evolution from creepy doopy <laughs> creepy mankind kind of fitting into that supernatural element of WWE into corporate mankind because everything had kind of he become a comedic foil at that point, but also a heel comedic foil that works with, you know, Vince McMahon. Like mm-hmm. it's always his evolution is always in tune with how to make a storyline stronger, not to self-serve. Well, and that's exactly like I think that's what works so well about it. Like I again, again, this and this isn't a knock on Chris Jericho, his 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 character evolutions have always been done as a way of refreshing the character. Mankind's were always done as a way of driving the story forward. Uh, And I look, I think there's nowhere that's more evident than when he went from the final incarnation of mankind into Cactus Jack. And he's literally like, he walks out, it's, he's been, he's feuding with Triple H and he's supposed to be fighting Triple H. I think Royal Rumble at the garden in a street fight. Yeah. And he walks out and he says, mankind can't beat you mankind can't survive this match against you, but I know who can. And he pulls the mask off and opens his shirt and he's cactus Jack and triple H's jaw drops to the floor. And it's such a magic. It's such a weird little magical moment where it's like almost nothing happens, but it like in terms of storytelling, it's so powerful. And I think that's something Foley is always really 
for the most part, really understood well. And that's the power of using their character to embolden the story. Do you remember that moment of seeing that? And like, for me, I remember just seeing that moment and being like, and not even hugely familiar with Cactus Jack outside of ECW. I I never really got to see the WCW stuff at that time. I remember seeing that moment and just like my jaw dropping too, because, you know, like we had seen mankind versus triple H a bunch of times at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, but just taking off a mask and putting on a shirt and bringing back Cactus Jack, which is much more aligned with the original Mankind than anything else. But seeing that character like that made that match so much more exciting to me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was it was a lot of it was honestly seeing like I knew if because first of all, we'd seen Cactus Jack briefly in WWF before we'd obviously ECW in WCW. He'd had his time there. But like that moment when he like he takes off the mask, you're like, what's he doing? And then he opens the button down shirt to reveal the Cactus Jack shirt underneath. And you're like, oh, my God, this just got insane. Mm-hmm. And like what's crazy is if you look at it sort of on a, a like from the top down, like not a lot is changing. It's still Mick Foley and Triple H fighting in a street fight at the Royal Rumble. But like the the just the mystique of the Cactus Jack character over what the man like love the man. I love the mankind character. But at that point, uh, it had become very dependent on Mr. Sacco. It had become mm-hmm. like it was it was have a nice day. It was uh, best selling author. It was Chef Boyardee commercials. It was all these things that wasn't uh, synonymous with hardcore icon. And suddenly you're like, yes, but I still have that hardcore icon inside of me. And I'm bringing him out because I'm going to make Triple H bleed. And it oh, it just works so, so well. So I don't know. Do we rate this? We didn't rate the last one. Do we do we rate first and pre- or first <laughs> wrestles? I don't know what we do. Uh, five dirty sweat socks out of five. All right. I'm going to go five dirty sweat socks. We don't we didn't rate the new day one, but that to me would have been a two. Uh, a two out of five, I think. Oh, a number two. That's number two. Poop. Poop. <laughs> anyway. Is that how you gonna wrap this segment up, Matt? Let's, you know what? Let's just walk away from the brilliance of mankind and let's talk about classier things like music. Have a nice day. Chris, when you're talking about uh, triple threats, we're talking about someone that can act. Oh, someone. I thought you were going to talk about a one versus one versus one match. One versus one versus one. Talk about triple threats. We're talking about someone that can that can act, mm. someone that can sing songs and wrestle. That's what every time someone says a triple threat, wrestling's always the third one. Oh, okay. And we're did, talking about a triple threat that. named Randy Savage today. Wait, did you say act, rap, and wrestle? Yep. So the the the, the, the two the set, two parts of of any triple threat has to be rapping and wrestling. Yeah, Bad Bunny's doing it, man. Not wait, singing and dancing. So wait, so now, so so I'm clear. There mm-hmm. are exactly two triple threats ever. Okay, it's Bad Bunny, and it's the Macho Man Randy Savage. Wait, has Bad yeah. Bunny acted? Um. He did a segment backstage, so he actually hasn't even wrestled yet. Oh, he did that. I mean, he's the 24 heaven. He's the 24 seven. He's he's, he's wrestling. He's a champion. Yeah. Okay. whatever. Anyway, that was just my terrible transition to talk about uh, Randy Savage's rap career, which lasted precisely one album. 
and one uh, amazing album one amazing album uh and now let's not get started on his musical career yes he was on wrestlemania the album mm-hmm. with his one song that starts off uh tower power too sweet to be sour funky like a monkey oh yeah straight from the is that straight from the heart is that what that i don't called? remember but i also know that he just said that in promos too like that was not groundbreaking material um but the the chorus to that song is uh he's the macho man dig it dig it but he's Get not your the macho man. jumping this he's the jump. macho man well they, they say macho man really weird in that song it's like yeah. the macho man dig it dig it We're, okay so how many, how many more times can you sing that this episode that's it i'm done oh man whatever happened to predictability <laughs> <laughs> go back to that full house theme song <sighs> the milk anyway man, the so Paperboy, evening tv randy savage's be a man album mm. is it holds a special place in my heart i know it does for you this is well, post Chris. wcw so before uh randy savage went to tna this is post wcw i'm pretty sure he was just collecting paychecks at this time because of that horrible contract the wcw great for the wrestlers horrible for the company where they had guaranteed money mm-hmm. uh Randy Savage uh, put out an album called Be a Man that came out in 2000. Be a Man, Hogan. And the the title track is called Be a Man. Um I I I kind of jokingly when I was writing this up called it the No Vaseline of Wrestling Songs and then I looked at the opening lyrics for Be a Man cuz I haven't heard it in so long. I'm like, "Oh, this is a straight out rip off of like No Vaseline." As you know, as you may not know, I don't know what you know. Mm-hmm. I just want to point out that No Vaseline is a song by Ice Cube after he left NWA. Uh, and it's just a, it's a diss track. It is a banger of a song. It is so good. Uh, Wait a I, minute. I, I think it's, it's probably, it's easily the best diss track of all time, I believe. Are you saying the star of Are We There Yet recorded a diss track about the NWA? Yep. He That's did. terrible. And I'm going to go second place. Ain't no fun by Tupac and company. Okay. All right. I, I, I like my nineties and eighties diss tracks. That's all I'm going to say. I like my, I love my, uh, my nineties era rap, uh, not including no limit records, anything, because I thought that was all trash. Well, uh, I bought silk, the shockers album and it was an album. Remember, remember the no limit era of albums where all of the so all of the CD packaging was like this cheap soft plastic with a cardboard cover that had like gold mm-hmm. embellishments on it and stuff. And it was all so bad. There was um, Dr. Doom did one of those, too, to make fun mm-hmm. of them. And it's so good. Um, was it Dr. Doom or was it Cool Keith or Dr. Octagon? I can't remember which one, like which persona it was. Yeah, I cool still Keith like did. uh Earth People by Do- is my favorite Dr. Octagon track from now until the end of time. That's that. Yeah. It's also yep. the it's also the entrance tune uh, for one Super Dragon, independent wrestling uh, <laughs> dynamo Super Dragon. Anyway, so um, when I say it's the no Vaseline of rap songs or wrestling songs, um, the opening lyrics to Be a Man by Randy Savage are hot diggity, hot diggity damn Hulk. I'm glad you set it off. Used to be Hulk. Now you done turn soft. Mm-hmm. Okay. Opening opening lyrics to No Vaseline. God damn, I'm glad y'all set it off. Used to be hard. Now you're just wet and soft. It's this. It's like the same lyrics. <laughs> There's no hiding say, that. Um, 
hot diggity damn. <laughs> that is how Macho Man Randy Savage starts off his diss track, his rap diss track about Hulk Hogan. Hot diggity damn, Hulk. <laughs> this song. Hey, hey there, ding dong. <laughs> this song is so, it's so bad. I also want to note, he, in the, in the opening, he says, Hulk, you coward. Um, so back in two, I'm going to say 2015 or 16, I was on the set of John Cena's reality military show. I forget what it was called. Mm -hmm. uh, it was in the it was like I had to fly to Washington and then go out into the woods, uh, which is where they shot this show. And the running joke among like there was me and one other person on the trip who were wrestling fans and we couldn't stop talking about macho man's diss track the entire time we were there and we kept playing it for the other reporters like in craft services and whatnot to the point where we had other people coding back to us you coward and it became the joke of the entire trip and so that to me is why this album is important because macho man saying coward is the most hilarious thing you'll ever hear in your life that's it so the, this whole song is just kind of calling out Hulk Hogan, yelling at him, telling him just to be a man. Um, Randy Savage wants to fight him for real. Yeah. A little bit of backstory. Just going to give you a little bit. So when Miss Elizabeth and Randy Savage were married, uh, at one point, Elizabeth filed for divorce and right. Savage. Right, right, right. Elizabeth, will you marry me? Oh, yeah. I feel like that's the thing we recreate on this show more than anything else, honestly, at this point. <laughs> it seems like it's becoming an every week thing. It's that and dad. Dad. <laughs> oh, I forgot what we said last episode. Uh, the mini episode. God, what was it? Guy Wrestleman? Guy Wrestleman. Guy Wrestleman. Hey, I'm going to get you in my match tonight. I'm not going to win, but like. I'm going to make you look great, Guy Wrestleman. Look out for the sleeper hold, baby. Rest hold. Anyway, they're getting a divorce, guys. And uh, Savage blames Hulk Hogan and his wife for turning Elizabeth against him. And while it sounds paranoid, Ultimate Warrior uh, also said and alluded to that, like, yeah, this that's what happened. And also Vince McMahon was kind of in the mix trying to get Elizabeth to break up with Randy Savage. Who knows what's true at this point? It's all crazy. Mm -hmm. So both Elizabeth and Randy were jealous people, both constantly blaming each other for cheating on each other. Uh, it was what we would call a uh, toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and here's a fun fact I found out, which I was pretty sure of, but now it's been like hammered home. Uh, it was reported that yeah, fun fact, this, this is a report. It's not it's, confirmed. It's also not fun. <laughs> it's not fun at all. <laughs> it's not fun or a fact. Kind of sad possibility. <laughs> It's reported that Hulk Hogan's black eye from WrestleMania 9 was because Macho Man hit him after Randy found Hogan and Elizabeth in a hotel room together. Oh, no. Oh, no. Slim Jim. So Savage had talked, uh, done a few interviews before his passing and said Hogan had been disrespecting him for years through the media. And uh, Savage had challenged him to a real fight mm -hmm. with all the proceeds going to a children's hospital. Um, Hogan had never spoke to Savage face to face about their beef together. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's what Savage was mad about. Uh, I would have loved to see a real fight between them, to be honest, Matt, 
I found an article on MTV.com please uh about this era of macho man and it has it had some choice quotes uh i'm gonna read them to you in my best macho man if i if i if i can um i had 13 songs on the album and i had to dedicate one to hulk hogan every time i call him out the dude has 101 reasons why not to fight the macho man, Randy Savage. I know the fans are demanding it, especially when you get to the hip hop, hip hop culture. <laughs> we got it boxed in right now. And I think the fans want to see Hogan and Savage fight it out one more time. Uh, the hip hop culture, he says, is clamoring to see macho man and Hulk Hogan fight. What hip hop culture? It like, no oh, hip hop culture just uh checking out the latest hip hop albums let's see what we got here oh i don't have this tribe called quest album i uh all right let's see if it's over here oh the eminem kids like the eminem uh oh top pick that everyone's talking about whole randy savage yelling about another wrestler uh he also said this this is then he this is when he levied this is while promoting album he levied a very important challenge hulk hogan I'm calling you out and I'm begging you for once in your pathetic lifetime to be a man and answer Macho Man Randy Savage's challenge. You coward. I have to say, I'm proud of my Randy Savage right there. You I went a little Southern it, on it at one point. I, I know, yes, I did. I mean, he's from, I mean, Florida. Florida's in the South. I thought he was from Indiana. No, but I'm sure like most wrestlers live in Florida. I have his page open. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen. He is uh billed from Florida. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Oh, Columbus, Ohio. So Midwest. I mean, like I mean that Midwest accent. I'm gonna be honest with you, Matt. Most of my wrestling impersonations are just a different variation of Motley Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping Jeff Farmer. Uh yeah, so like it seems that like the entire thing. Uh, was he just so badly wanted to fight Hulk Hogan? But like, there uh, we Matt, we saw another interview on YouTube where he was he was still complaining about Hulk Hogan, and he's like, "But I only dedicated one song to him on the album, and there's a love song on the album, but this that's not the one. Hulk gets the hate song. <laughs> Tell him, gorgeous George, and then gorgeous George is this this this." like giant dude that stands behind him that wearing a t-shirt that just says macho man.com on it <laughs> so go to the internet have you heard of the world wide web i feel like everyone has a macho man impression and mine is one of the worst i feel like uh, all I, of ours are one of the worst you they're all me? they're all terrible you gotta get the neck going i think like this i think that's how you do it tower of power too sweet to be sour funky like a monkey Ooh, yeah, yeah mine's uh, not the that kids good. they don't do drugs i did steroids once arsenio and it didn't work out brother i'm gonna fight hulk hogan and i'm gonna give money to children's hospital it's terrible impression terrible oh yeah uh, that's not the only song on the album, though. We're not like, listen, we are not going to cover every song on the album because that would be insanity. Uh, but there is another wrestling themed song that I wanted to make sure we highlighted. It is not a hate song. It is, in fact, a tribute song to Mr. Perfect. And 
it before he gets to rapping about Mr. Perfect, which he does, calling him Mr. Perfect over and over and over again. Mr. Perfect. Um, the song is called Perfect Friend and it opens up with this monologue. Uh, Matt, if I might. Please. This one goes out to my real close friend and buddy, Kurt Hennig, a.k.a. Mr. Perfect. Just want to let you know that you're missed, but you're you'll never be forgotten. You've always been an incredible friend, and we want you to know that we've got your back, buddy. Sist- <laughs> Sorry. We've got your back, buddy system style from Macho Man Randy Savage. Chris, what is buddy system style? I don't know. Buddy system style. Also, this, this song came. This was uh, this is after the passing of Mr. Perfect. What does having his back buddy system style mean when he's not around to have his back gotten? And also, I like that he signs it like a letter from Macho Man Randy Savage. Just like Hulk Hogan signs all of his dumb tweets with HH. We know who's writing it, Hulk. You're verified. I think he wants to accidentally be confused with Triple H. He's <laughs> like, they'll never notice. <laughs> or maybe Double H. Or, oh, oh, maybe this is how they start the storyline that Hulk Hogan is Triple H's dad. Because he has two H's instead of three. And Hulk Hogan's dad was just H. And Triple H's said it's quadruple H. What I find. <laughs> oh, no. What did you find, Siri? <laughs> Siri, pull up Hulk Hogan's Wikipedia page. Terry Eugene Bollea, better known by his ring name, Hulk Hogan, is an American retired pro wrestler, television personality, actor, entrepreneur, and musician. According to anyway, IGN... Uh, no, 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 we're done. We're done. We're done. We're Hogan d- we is the are most done. recognized wrestling star worldwide. <laughs> more recognizable. Wait, hold uh, on. More recognizable than Bo Dallas? Come on. <laughs> it's insanity. IGN, you're out of your mind. Uh, but like, entre- I love the entrepreneur <laughs> Hi, made the Terry. list. I love the entrepreneur made the list over like because of like, you know, Pasta Mania, the Hulk Hogan Grill, Hulk Hogan Meatball Maker, Hulk Hogan's Thunder and Paradise Drink Mixer, a thing I ordered from eBay that never arrived. Oh, dude, give that person a one star review. I got I got I finally got a refund after a few months of being like, where is it? I'm using it right now. You can't <laughs> have it here. Can't you can make your own Hulk Hogan margarita? <laughs> My name's Rash. I'm an eBay jerk. It's my new character, Rash the eBay jerk. It works. Yeah. Uh, it's a terrible album, guys. Don't listen to it. It's but tr- also listen it's, to it. Uh, no, listen to it. Listen to it. Uh, like, and then torment your friends by calling them coward. Don't be scarred. Anyway, Chris, let's just go to the mailbag. That ended with such a whimper, but I'm fine with it because uh, because we, we my just got to get the show hurts. done. My throat what? hurts from all of the macho. Man I know voice. mine, too. <clears throat> Uh, today's question comes from fancy boy Brandon at awful music facts on Twitter. Uh, he says, if you could go back to the disastrous mid nineties, WWF and create a job based character that might actually get over, what would the job be? Matt, as we've discussed, we should do a full segment about this, just pitching bad, uh, job gimmicks to each other. Uh, and I we think- will. I think I think like pit we'll call it pitch storm. Pitch storm is going to be a good segment. Pitch storm two thousand. Yeah, it has to be like the decade of like pitch storm ninety four. Well, yeah, pitch storm two thousand two. Every guy is like a dude. Like my name's James Hedricks, and they call me 
face puncher. Like, you know, like I ride motorcycles. I ride motorcycles. I wear jeans in the ring. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, I wear a tank top. What's up? Look at my cool tattoos. I have a cool. T- I'm a white guy with a cool tribal tattoo on my arm. I think Pitchstorm is a card game I own that I also backed on Kickstarter. So we'll have to change the name. Uh, Pitchathon. Pitchathon 2000. <laughs> Pitchathon 2000 wins. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you, Matt, but like when I saw this question, one immediately came to mind uh, and it's Carney. Like, yeah, like I nothing think better. And and. And like, I know that like there was uh, there was like Kizarni or whatever, the weird demented clown man in WWE at one point. It was not you, you missed it because it was during the ruthless aggression era and you're better for it. Uh, but like I'm I'm talking legit a guy who has like a cutoff flannel shirt and jean shorts and like a trucker hat with like a long mullet who walks to the ring with a microphone just talking about like, I got to get this match done so I can go work on the tilt a whirl. <laughs> <laughs> and like his entrance, he's like, and uh, when and if someone beats him, he has to award beats him. He has to award them with like a cheap stuffed animal. <laughs> I've been to this a lot. Like, doesn't that sound great? He drives a bumper car to the ring, Matt, for crying out loud. He's always leaning up against a pole, smoking a cigarette when no one's paying attention to him. <laughs> He's leaning up against the turnbuckle while his opponent makes their way to the ring, just smoking a cigarette, <laughs> looking at the girl or chewing the tobacco row. and spitting it into a coffee cup, like a paper coffee cup. Hey, ladies, I go on break in fifteen minutes. Uh, Chris, I don't have a name for my guy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's just like he's a middling like. He'll get an intercontinental title shot at one point, but like he'll never actually win. He's a movie theater attendant. Okay. Like he doesn't serve the pie. He's the guy that rips the tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, Does he also clean up after the after the showings? Yeah, he's got to clean up after the showings because I mean you got to do something in between. Yeah. Um. So he just wears like the the red vest and like a white and black striped shirt, the vertical stripes, black uh, uh, slacks, and has like very parted nice hair. Um. All I've gotten so far in my head, because I haven't thought about this too much, is that in one of his or one of his catchphrases is uh I'm gonna I'm gonna rip you up faster than I rip tickets for Titanic. Your heart so, won't go on when I'm done with you. He just he just quotes movies constantly into his segments. I'm gonna rip your face off. And he does the then he just wipes his hand down his opponent's face like Travolta. I'm going to make you feel more shame than a family of four that just saw munchies. (laughs) I've got an American tale for you, Fievel. I'm going to beat you in that ring tonight. No, I I was going to force one. I almost forced it now. I mean, I got munchies out. I'm feeling pretty good about getting a munchies reference on the show. Good for you getting munchies out. Yeah, I did it, man. (sighs) <sighs> man pitchathon 2000 is gonna be wonderful oh man we should, we should get a wheel with a year on it i mean this should all be done in the moment and not thought about, we can do really. like i we can make a wheel happen there are online tools i've done it before. yeah let's do let's let's do pitchathon 2000 is going to be an upcoming segment yeah where we have to create the best wrestler and you will all vote on it but for real i definitely want it i want the carney to be an actual character driving a bumper car to the ring smoking and chewing tobacco simultaneously 
my guy doesn't even have a name. It's just movie theater attendant. Like he's like a half a step above like enhancement talent. Well, he's like Rick the model Martell level, but except never won an award. You know what I mean? Like that kind of weird middling, like what's almost... his finishing move called? Oh man. Uh, it's called the block. Oh, you can't call it the blockbuster. That's a real move. Yeah. Oh man. I thought about something. I, I was trying to think about like a pop. Like I was trying to think like, is there a clever name for like a popcorn and large soda combo? Um, it's the number two. <laughs> I don't know. The coming attraction. Um. Oh, dude, the coming attraction. But I feel like that was a gold dust move, too. That's the problem. Is that this? It's true. <laughs> oh, man. He should be tag team. Like, he should have been gold dust manager. And then, like, yes. gold dust just got too big for him and then just threw him aside. You know what? He doesn't have a name. His and name is just movie theater and then attendant. He just, and then he just spends his days, like, tearing tickets and complaining that gold dust replaced him with Marlena. By the way, his finisher is the ticket ripper, and it's just a flatliner. Okay. I mean, that's, I mean, because like a middling level guy, like who has kind of almost a snazzy finisher, like mm -hmm. flatliner is a pretty snazzy ish finisher. It's just a reverse Russian leg sweep. I don't know what the Carney's finishing move is called, but what it is, is he pulls out, uh, it, it's, it's kind of a jokey thing. You know, you know, those, those, the carnival game where you strike the thing with the hammer and it goes up and dings the bell. Yeah. He has one of those that he just brings out and he's like, thump right on top of your head. But it's like a gimmicked one that doesn't really hurt. Or maybe it's an inflatable one that has magical carny powers. I don't know. And then he's DQ'd shot. every match. He just gets disqualified. <laughs> he has the worst streak ever. It's the opposite of Goldberg. He has a real Brian, a real Kurt Hawkins streak. Oh, man. That was a fun one, Chris. Yeah, we did we it. We did it. Um, thanks for listening this week, guys. Make sure, can you please go rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts and Google or wherever you wherever there you can review us that you get your podcasts mm -hmm. from because uh, I haven't checked this week, but I'm pretty sure there's been no new reviews. That's and I true. Honestly, if you want us to stop talking about it, uh, go rate us and review us and we'll stop talking about it. Oh man, imagine us not mentioning this every week. <laughs> every I mean, you've already turned it off. Week. God, there's almost like a an air of passive aggressiveness in there. Um, we'll be back next week with a super fun show. What it'll be about, you'll find out. Maybe, so will we. Maybe, yeah, so will we. Maybe it's Pitchathon 2000. Who knows? We'll see. Um, Chris, final words this week? Be a man, Elfring, you coward. I am a coward. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Russell Buddies. We hope you had at least almost as much fun as we did. Go ahead and rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. You can email us questions at WrestleBuddies at GameSpot.com or find us over on Twitter at WrestleBuddies. I am at Chris Hayner. He is at I'm Matt Elfring. See you next week.